Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. This is episode 39, and I'm your host, Michael. And I am joined once again, like always, with my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good, man. I'm, I don't know, man. I'm just not feeling it today. I'm just uh, a little tired. So, uh... You're not getting sick on me, are you? No, I'm not sick or anything. It's just one of those days where, you know, you're just feeling like... I would rather just sleep for a good 20 hours. So I'm probably going to be doing that when we're done with this episode. <laughs> so let's go and see what's on our docket for today. Microsoft is laying off 10,000 employees, uh, including employees from 343 Industries, The Coalition, and Bethesda. We'll talk about Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League leaks, and we'll also talk about Michael B. Jordan uh, being set to star in a Rainbow Six movie. But of course, we're going to talk about our main topic, and that is HBO has finally released The Last of Us on HBO and HBO Max. So Taylor, how about you go ahead and take it away? The Last of Us has finally premiered on HBO and HBO Max. The series, starring Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey as Ellie, became the second biggest premiere in over a decade at HBO, only trailing the Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon. If you haven't seen the episode, you may want to skip ahead. You can find a timestamp for that in the description of this episode. We're not going to talk about everything, but we might talk about some of the similarities between the game and the show, or something we found interesting in the episode. We're not going to do a news segment on this every week, either. But we will have a spoiler talk on Nerd Stop Movies whenever the season wraps up. Michael, have you seen The Last of Us? And if so, what did you think? Yeah, I uh, watched it. Uh, I have HBO Max, so I was able to dive into it. And I will say, within like the first 30, 45 minutes, honestly, in my opinion, is the best uh, open that I've seen for a, for a premiere episode or a pilot, or, or whatever you like to call it, it was cinematic. Like, it didn't feel like a TV show. It felt like they were actually trying to make a movie. And this thing, the first episode is an hour 28. So they basically did pretty much try to make a movie out of this. And if this is the quality we can get for the rest of the uh, season, I'm all for it. HBO, they don't mind putting money into something they truly believe in. Uh, Sopranos, uh, what else did they do? Um, they also did Game Wire. Game of Thrones, House I mean, of Dragon. I mean, yeah, Game of Thrones, House of Dragon. But I'm talking about stuff that was like a little more low key, uh, like stuff like The yeah. Wire and whatnot, like stuff that you didn't expect, like to be a throwaway on any other program. They put money into it, and it really shines through. And I think The Last of Us uh, will actually like join, like you said, with uh, House of Dragons. Like you, you would think that like, it's just a throwaway, it's just a spinoff. It's just something because it's the name. Like they're just going by the name. No HBO. They will actually put money into it and pretty much make TVs for movies before Disney decided to do it with Disney Plus and the uh, MCU uh, 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 shows. Everybody's like, oh my goodness, these are movie qualities. HBO was already doing that. And I really wish HBO got their hands on Halo because that would have been so much cooler. Uh, but yeah, the, the way HBO is handling at least this first episode of The Last of Us is, is so amazing. Like that opening sequence... Is so great. I was like, man, I kind of wish I saw this in a movie theater because this is a movie. This isn't just a TV show. This feels like a cinematic movie. And maybe it's because they did have Neil Druckmann in it. And I really don't like that Neil Druckmann is taking over The Last of Us and running with it. Uh, he, he, pretty much like he's a creator. He's the writer. Like it was written by him. It's like, yeah, not really by him, but you know, co-creator. Yeah, he's a co-creator. and that was something that came up today at the time of this recording because. Uh... Who Bruce Straley, who I believe is the other co-creator, is uh, has spoken out about not being credited, I believe. So that really sucks. Yeah, when I saw the credits come up at the beginning and it showed that it was written by Neil Drake, it's like, yeah, that's not completely true. Uh, I, I I really don't like that Neil Druckmann is taking this well, running away. Like I think the his. show is also written by Neil Druckmann. So. Yeah, the, the show itself, but I'm talking about. But based we, on yeah, yeah, the based on credits. Yeah, is yeah, what yeah. We're yeah I should make that a little more clear. Yeah, when the when the based yeah. on came on, it's like based on uh, the video game by Sony by uh, uh, Sony Interactive PlayStation, and written by Neil Druckmann. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way because like that's really messed up. You know, you should at least give credit to the person who helped create this world. Um, I, I really think Neil Druckmann let this go to his head and like he's really trying to run away with this especially some of the stuff that he's talking about with video games like 
we should be more cinematic and we should get away from typical game design. But that's that's something completely different that would fit this podcast. Yeah. But for now, we're going to talk about the show. And from what Neil has done with the show, I will give him credit, is amazing. So far, I like it. And I really do hope that the rest of the season can carry on. But I will say, after the first 45 minutes, the uh, episode kind of winds down a lot. And some of the action sequences they try to put in there to set things up, I like. Uh, but uh, that, that last bit, that, uh, that last stretch, that last 30 minutes or so, it's like, yeah, okay, you kind of blew your wad at the beginning. But that's cool because that opening sequence is what I was looking for. In the game, the sequence that led up to uh, the events that we know with the uh, clickers was one of the best sequences in video games. It, it was just amazing. They would somehow manage to reproduce it in the show and made it just as good for someone who has seen it. Like someone like you Arguably and I who better. played the game. To be honest, Depending yes. who you are. Yes. Because, because it's not digital people. You see it's real people. And you see the way the actors react to everything. Even though you know they're on a green screen, blue screen. Like these, the acting is so great. Pedro Pascal. The guy is awesome. All right. The guy, the guy is just flat out amazing. Um, the girl who played Sarah. I forgot her name. Uh, she did uh, great. Tandy Newton's daughter. I believe it is something. Parker, give me one second. Yeah, I have to look it up too. Uh, Uncle Tommy was great. They sold the. They sold that sequence so well, and they did it so. And they did. And they did it great by actually focusing on Sarah first, and like going through her time as a, as 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 a uh, as for her Parker. dad's birthday. I'm sorry. Nico Parker. Man, she was she was awesome. I, I hate to say this, but I wish Sarah stayed in the show longer. <laughs> like I kind of more interested in her than uh than Ellie right now. Hey, that I think that's a good thing the show does. By the way, well, no, it I, does. I'm just, you know what? Just get your thoughts out. I'm tired of interrupting you. No, no, no. I mean, like, cause I know by the time you and I get through this, we're gonna be kind of repeating uh what the other have said. Uh, but yeah, she did such an amazing job that I wanted Sarah to stay in the show. I wanted her to go through the sequences with Joel, but I know what happened to her is very important to the main plot, to the story, to Joel's character and his regression and uh, and, and build up as a character. So, like, that was a good thing. That sold me on that character. Like, oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm back into uh, being in love with Joel as a character, uh, as him as a father, as a, as, as a brother. Um, the way he talks about uh, Tommy, you know, I can relate to it because I'm kind of like that with my brother. Uh, the whole he loves you, uh, he depends on me kind of thing. I get that as a big brother. <laughs> that was a sequence that I really loved. Uh, I like the uh, I like the interaction between Joel and his daughter, Joel and uh, Uncle Tommy, Sarah. I I like the sequence that she got. she got so much screen time with herself that I was amazed with how well they pulled it off. Because I was waiting for Ellie and Joel uh, to kickstart their story. But Sarah, oh my goodness. I really wish they would found a way to like change that part of the story and keep her in a little longer. But yeah, that opening sequence, I hate to say it. Oh, no, I, I don't. I love to say this. I actually like it more than the sequence in the game. Because yes, you got to play that sequence. But witnessing it in live action is on a whole nother level. And... This is the kind of thing that makes you want to bring in people who haven't played the game. It's like, this is what we get out of playing the game. And that heart-pounding sequence, that thrill, is like, oh my goodness, this is great. It's like, yeah. Now imagine playing that sequence. That's really fun. Whether you're playing it or watching it, that's how well-written The Last of Us video game is. That you can take it from a video game to live action and it still works. And of course, you have so many people who will mess up that sequence. No, the way they did it was so much better. The camera movement was golden. Oh my goodness, the camera movement, the framing, uh, the way they had everybody react was absolutely amazing. And you know what? I'm just going to keep gushing over the first 45, 50 minutes so you can go ahead and, <laughs> and do the same thing because I know that's what you, I know that's probably what you loved about this episode as well. Yeah, between this or the premiere of Lost, this is the best 30 minutes of a pilot I've ever seen. It's very close because Lost, you have the plane crash and everything going on there, and it's hectic and it's awesome. And this, you're having this outbreak play out, and you're seeing through the lens of Sarah. And one thing I love that the show does, opposed to the game, is the show has just a longer time period with Sarah than we do. Yes. 
if I remember correctly, the game starts with Sarah and Joel on the couch. Yeah, her falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. The show brings up the entire last day that Sarah has on this earth and the entire day of Joel's birthday and just the context of her going to get the watch fixed, her stealing just enough money to <laughs> to fix it, which is just, it's kind of endearing a little bit. It, it, it is. And when I saw that sequence, I thought, oh, they're really yeah. going to make Sarah into this, this unlikable character. But Instead, it's just, it's something just, yeah. It's, they kept playing with You, you wouldn't yeah. have done it for yourself, so I did it for you as a thought that it counts. Nico Parker just knocked it out of the park. God, I wish she had and more time. She understood the assignment, <laughs> and Aww. she just knocked it out of the ballpark. Home run, like the star of the episode. I'm glad she's getting her flowers for this episode. But also, Pedro Pascal does such a great job, but I feel like he's overshadowed, which is a really good thing. Like yeah, everything we're saying, yes. like you said, you wish Sarah made it. Yeah, I, w- I wish she was in the long. It's like you it's played like the, the game. Oh yeah, it's like the uh, that's what the I'm actress. saying. Like you played the game, and you know what's going to happen. You're like. I wish Sarah made it. She did a really good job. And I was yeah. just sitting there like, I'm with you. But also, at the same time, that's how good the first episode was, that it made you, knowing what's going to happen, prepared the entire time, go, at the end of it, man, I wish they kept her alive. Wait, <laughs> I knew that wasn't even a possibility. I, yeah, I knew it was coming the whole time. As soon Before I even hit play, I knew it was going to happen. But, oh my goodness. Man, it's like the actress. You find yourself she didn't have much time too. No, like I didn't cry any time. Uh, but I got close, man. Like, did it you? Was, oh wow! It was, dude. It was really emotional. I think I think it's because I knew it was happening, and that they, they were making her such a likable character, and I was relating to her because yeah. I did things as like like her as a kid. I was like, oh man, kid. It's, it's like it's like when you know your your puppy is sick. And I had to do that last year, so I don't know. This is probably a bad, <laughs> a bad thing to bring up. I did this last year. Um, it's like when your puppy is sick, and you want to keep the puppy around, but you have to put the puppy down. So you like you mentally prepare yourself to be like, my puppy's going away soon, and you go to the vet knowing what's going to happen, but it still hits you like I'm about to lose my puppy. It this was like is that. an analogy right here, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> because she was I'll so adorable. I know it sounds horrible, but man, that's the way it felt, and. If you if if you go through thinking like that, yeah, you're your analogy like, is basically you mentally prepared yourself knowing this death was going to happen, knowing, and it no, still yeah was horrible to see because oh, of how well done it was. It was. I did get mad at Joel though because they did show that either him or Uncle Tommy uh, was part of uh, enduring freedom. Uh, um, um, for uh, and, I'm pretty uh, sure it's Tommy because it's Tommy's Tommy. truck. Okay, okay. Uh, they showed that, but Tommy didn't really like. Uh, sorry to spoil this for anybody, but um, the sequence that led up to it, there was a soldier involved. Kind of, kind of disappointing that Tommy didn't search the soldier for a first aid kit because all soldiers they keep a small uh, mitt kit on them. It's not like big. It's not like oh man, I could reattach my leg or anything. It's like gauze and some wraps and you know something to stop the bleeding. And when those when that sequence happened, I was like Tommy or or Joel, one of you two, search the soldier. You can at least. Slow down the bleeding and stop it. Uh, but the way they reacted to that one, I was kind of disappointed. It's like, ah, it, see, they didn't show that one of them was in the military. I would have probably let that go as like, okay, there's a father and an uncle who's losing a daughter or niece and they're scared. But with that one, it's like, your combat training didn't kick in. You didn't at least search the soldier for a first aid kit. See, I saw it as like it was too late. Like Tommy knew it immediately upon seeing what happened. Like there was no no pressure that could put on the wound. I, I get that. Yeah, I get that. But it was a gut shot, and you could at least slow down and bleeding for a gut shot until you could find medical help. But I, I I do get it. I I do understand it, especially with Joel moving her. Like that made things worse. But for me, that was just, that's like a small nitpick. That that's not enough to make me like that sucks. I don't like this part. That's more like oh man, you're trying to find because a I... problem with the episode because the episode was so good. Oh yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no, and it, 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 was, it was because I liked Sarah and I wanted her to survive. I was like Tommy, yeah, <laughs> search the soldiers. So like that was that was like, that's not a nitpick. Like this is a bad thing, but like that's how invested I was into these characters already. To where I was like, come on guys, I paid attention. One view was one view was a soldier in war. You know about med packs. That was that was not like a SWAT member or anything. That was like a legit soldier 
even if it was just a national guard they have it on them so like that was me getting invested and that's a good thing that's that's what i'm saying like it's not a bad nitpick it's like a good thing because i was so invested already within that 45 minutes that i was like oh man you guys could have done this to try and save sarah because even though i knew she was going to die i really wanted sarah to survive yeah i definitely like the first 30 minutes are we talked about already like how great it is acting wise with just them doing exactly what happens in the game which that's the one thing I remember telling you. Like that's the one thing I wanted them to do. Just recreate the intro. It does not need to be changed. It needs to be the first thing viewers see. And that's not what the first thing the viewers see. The they see a news segment. Or not a news segment, like a late oh, night kind I, of thing. Yes, I really like the way they did that to explain yeah, the whole I thing. I was that. like, oh wow. Because with gamers, we got the trailers and all that, so we actually kind of already know a little bit about that and got caught up with it. And the newspaper clippings and yeah, all the, the marketing world. stuff. Yeah, we, we we get all that. But for a general audience that's never played the game, I think that was an amazing way to open up the sequence and to properly explain what's going on and even though the characters don't know what this is uh it was great to show the audience like it's spores it's a, it's, it's a fungus this is happening this is why people are turning there aren't spores in the show by the way. yeah this i keep forgetting that yeah. they, they kind of take the spores out but it's a fungus i get why it makes a lot of sense like I, I think they said like if they basically based it on okay if this were to happen in real life and there were to be spores like we would all be fucked oh yeah it would be everywhere but you know that was kind of like the thing with the last of it that we kind of find out later was like everybody technically is infected and there's no real cure for it but you know since they changed the story up i I, i'm okay with the spores being gone and i love the way they explained it without it being like an exposition in a way like it actually fit the story they made it part of it and i was like you know what this is a great opener. Instead of like, like you said, opening with uh, Sarah like we did in the game, they opened with what feels like would have been like a, a trailer for you and I for, for setting up like a launch trailer for the game. So I was like, that's really cool. I like the way they handle that. Uh, and it, then they go right into the intro that the game has, which is exactly what you should have done. You know, they tricked me with that because it was Sarah waking up to the alarm. And I was like, oh, we're starting already. Cool. But it was her starting her day. And I was like, Okay, you got me. Yeah, that that that's that's pretty cool. You yeah. you play with expectations like that. That was pretty cool. I remember thinking like, oh, so it happens in the morning now. And I was like, oh no, so we get to see the full day, which is another thing that I think the show does really well is a lot of stuff happens in the background, a lot of build up, which is yes. really well, well done. The Walking Dead, which I'm going to compare this to because I mean, it's, people have compared The Walking Dead to yeah, no, this yeah, a lot so that's far. Fair, that's fair. The Walking Dead, I believe its pilot is great. The whole don't dead open inside thing, I get it with Rick waking up in the hospital. All that is awesome, and I love seeing from the perspective of somebody who's been in a coma Yeah, for weeks, getting to see what like the aftermath to it. That's awesome. My problem with The Walking Dead post that is we never really see why. We never really see, like, oh, is there ever going to be a cure? Is it just something that's going to be here? Like, there's no real... It's, it's, it's a, just about the survivors. You yes, know what I mean? it's a walking which is, fest. Which is fine, but I think what makes this different than The Walking Dead, and what I think audience will, audiences will see is the big difference, is stuff like the beginning, with them explaining what this infection is, that they're not zombies in that definition, you know? And I don't, they're not going to call them zombies. Long to come, clickers. Because we did see in one of the trailers that the clickers do still exist. So that's 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 cool. Well, not only that, I believe one at the very end where the lightning's striking. I think you can see one on the rooftop, Uh, which is a really cool. I I saw that online, but uh, I'm not too sure. But besides the point, um, but like no, like you were saying with the background, uh, like when I because you and I both know what was going to happen, but seeing uh, circle third day with one of the kids in class kind of twitching. And the yes, old, and the and old that's what lady, I was going to get to. Yeah, the old lady kind of moving around, and the uh, ambulance and fire trucks going in the background, followed yeah. later, a little bit later by the SWAT truck. You're like, okay, that's everyday life, so of course nobody's going to pay attention to that. But then you kind of know the SWAT car go by. You're like, ooh. ooh that's, but that's, then that's, you know the context cool. of what's coming. Yeah. on a rewatch, you start to realize that I didn't catch the kid twitching. Oh. I was just like, I forgot all about it. And then I was listening to a breakdown from Heavy Spoilers. Mm. Highly recommend this YouTube channel, by the way. Anybody listening, Heavy Spoilers is awesome. And they were talking about, like, 
because you see the signs of infection yep, with the yeah. little kid later. And twitching is one of the first signs, so that shows that kid was going to turn. And then with the grandma later on in the episode, which is just so fucking freaky. I was, love how the great. dog. The dog, yes, the dog was sitting there whining, and it's like, oh my goodness, because nobody would actually notice. See, me, if it was me, I would have checked on the dog and then checked on the lake, because I thought, like, oh, maybe the old lady died in her sleep. Or no, like, man, as soon as died. you like, you look into the darkness, and that dog's like, I'm not going in there. Oh, no, no, like, I'm talking about in the day. Yeah, when she, when she was, yeah, oh, when she okay. was visiting them. Uh, the dog was giving her. Dog was giving signs yeah, like the, the dog eye. can notice. Yeah. yeah, the dog noticed at first, and I always love when when shows actually pay attention to that kind of stuff. To where the dogs and the cats, uh, like they like nature already knows like something is wrong and we don't. And it's like it's like when it's like in a horror story where kids can see where babies can see things we can't. I always love those kind of things. Like those are cool little details. Like like you said, when you go back and watch it a second time, you kind of catch it and you're like, oh okay, because the dog was catching on to it. But again, because you and I played the game, we already knew that something was going on. So when the dog was whining, I was like, oh, see, I understand why nobody's taking the dog seriously. Why nobody's like, but you, what's wrong, see, Fido? To interrupt you here, I think this is the reason why this premiere is working out so well and why it's so successful for HBO. Because it's not a direct one-for-one remake from yes. the game to the show. Yes. Now, there are lines pulled, and there's direct things pulled. Like, the scene on the couch, I believe, is near damn identical to the game. <laughs> the part where they're driving off is near damn identical to the game. But there's also things that they added, like everything we've been gushing about already. The fake-out of the truck hitting him, and instead it's planes crashing down. Oh, my god! All goodness. that stuff. It's stuff that adds to the scene while keeping the characters and the story intact. Because what I think a lot of these video game adaptations too, and now get into our next topic, but a lot of them tend to be like, okay, we're making this for the video game fans, or we're making this for the casual fans, but because it's already a video game, we got to totally change it up, and we got to fuck it up to where it's some of this, it's this brand new story, right? And yeah. sometimes that's worked. You look at Sonic the Hedgehog. I think that's been one of the better ones that have released in quite some time. But yeah. then you look at the Resident Evil movies, whereas <laughs> it's not even the characters from there. Well, there are at a certain point, but the main character isn't a character from the games. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I think a lot of Hollywood adaptations have failed, is they keep trying to not go with the source material and go like, audiences wouldn't like this. They they don't trust the casual audience to get invested into a video game story. And what I think is working for this is the show went, no, people are going to latch on to this. They're going to latch on to Joel. They're going to latch on to Ellie. They're going to latch on to Sarah at the beginning. We need to do these things, and the people will get attached to them. People will love these characters. People will watch our show. And even people who play the video games will watch the show because we're going to do it faithfully to where these characters feel like they're from the games and we're going to add on to their experience. Because now I can go back and play Last of Us 1 with the context of what they added from the show. Yeah. And some things might actually be enhanced for me. Yeah, I think it also helps that they did get Neil Druckmann involved in this to the point to where he was helping with writing. Uh, because if you're going to change things, Change things in a way that maybe if you were to do like a, a, a from the ground up remake of The Last of Us 1, I'm sure he would like to add in more stuff with Sarah. But Michael, they did that a few months ago. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. no um, I'm with you on that. They, they, they keep doing these kind of things. But yeah, it, and I think it, uh, if he could have done something like that with The Last of Us, he would have. Uh, I think we'd have added more scenes or more context to things. Uh, so having Neil Druckmann involved in this one, I think, really helped. Because honestly, uh, like you were saying, they, they, they were changing source material. If he wasn't involved, I think they would have changed up so much to where they would try to make it more like The Walking Dead rather than uh, The Last of Us. Yeah, I agree. And Craig Mazin also. I've heard a lot of great things about Chernobyl. And Craig Mazin being one of the best parts of it. He was the showrunner, I believe, over there as well. And he is the showrunner on The Last of Us. So I think he deserves a lot of credit along with not only the acting performances so far. Pedro Pascal crushes it as Joel. Diego Luna sounds exactly like Tommy. 
<laughs> and this is going back to the heaviest foilers thing. They did a side by side and said you can close your eyes and you won't be able to tell a difference. You can't. Promise you, oh, wow. you can't tell a difference. Like he does a perfect impression of Tommy from the game. Like he nails it. Everybody so far is nailing it. The actress playing Tess, uh, she's from uh, Fringe. I can't remember her name, but she's doing a really good job. We haven't seen too much from Bella Ramsey as Ellie outside of, you know, the vulgarness of the character, <laughs> which is... Yeah, I was she has her mannerisms down. Yeah, she <laughs> she did enough to where I think the first episode people can go, well, <laughs> she's going to be entertaining <laughs> at the very least. And then you'll, I hope, get more of the character depth as the show goes on. But I, you mentioned that after this intro, after the first 30 minutes, it does get a little bogged down. Gets a little yeah, slower. Really winds down. I can't blame yeah. the show too much though, because I feel like the game does the same thing. So if you oh, are yeah, following no, it, it, does. you're just—it's an unfortunate circumstance of you're adapting the game, and you're like, well, yeah, it's got to slow down from that awesome opening. So we're just gonna have to hope that we can have good enough writing, good enough acting, and people are still interested. And I think they were. I, mean, I think. Yeah, I, I think it was good because it did allow things to kind of calm down and get to see new Joel before we got to get, really get to know him uh, when he was a little happier. And, you know, like you said, we got to meet Tess and uh, introduce us to Ellie. It really was more of a, this is the sequence that, the act one was sequence that's opened up to our main story. Act two and three is pretty much introducing everybody and getting the ball rolling so that way we can get to episode two, three, four, and five. Uh, especially since the thing is an hour and a half long. Uh, honestly, if this thing was only an hour, having that opening sequence being the episode, I think would have been amazing in and of itself. I don't, I honestly don't think this first episode should have been an hour 28. I mean, it's fine that it was, but honestly, the way they did that first opening sequence so well, I don't, I don't actually think they needed to do an hour 28, but on the flip side. Uh, the point that it didn't get hour 20 is because if that opening sequence was the first episode and then the other half of the first episode was the second episode, people would have been like, oh, well, nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. This yeah. is an introduction. This is kind of boring. So I do think it was, it's a double-edged sword, but I think it's a good one to go with. So I wasn't upset about the hour 28, but like, man, after that first sequence, if any other show, if that was like the first episode to be done, I'd have been like, oh man, I can't wait for the next episode. It's going to be awesome. But this one, I was like, Okay, yeah, I, I I like that you 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 proved yourself. I don't need the whole season to see if you're gonna mess this up. I don't need two three episodes. That first episode alone was good enough to where I was like, yeah, okay, you you guys aren't gonna mess this up. I'm interested. Uh, I I want to see some of the changes you make. I'm I'm in. Okay, congratulations, you got me in, and I can see that that you're putting time and effort in the little details that you and I were talking about is gonna be in there. So yes, okay, you won. I'm in. I, I want to see where The Last of Us goes. I want to see the first season. And I want to see the second and third season. Because I know uh, the showrunners said that they don't like doing long seasons. They don't want to do like six, 12 seasons or whatever. Uh, they want to tell a beginning, middle, and end. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Don't know what you're going to do if you go beyond the game. But if you go beyond the game, you could, you, you're free to do your own thing. And since Druckmann is involved, I guess he can do his own thing. Uh, so, it would, so it would work. Uh, so, you know, seeing those kind of things and seeing what I've seen in the first episode, I'm in. If, if you have a beginning, middle, end, I'm all for that. Uh, this opening, this, this first episode alone, it's like, okay, I, you got me HBO. I'm now going to watch The Last of Us. It's also intriguing because the second game has a time jump. And I'm not, I'm yeah. not sure the show would go down that path so i'm not gonna get into spoilers of the second game or anything for anybody who hasn't played it but i'm just curious to see how they adapt the first game if they do it all in one season if it ends up being two seasons whatever they end up doing and then post that do you go into last of us two do you do what people wanted the last of us two kind of to be which is you showing the in between of the time skip I think that was what really got a lot of people too. Is you skipped over a lot of what people wanted. Yeah, and I and I've actually talked about that on this podcast before. Uh, that's one of the biggest reasons why I didn't play uh, Last of Us Two. Like I had no problem with uh, 
with the way they they wrote Ellie. I don't have a problem with uh, the newer characters. Uh, what was her name? I don't want to get into spoilers of anything Last of Us Two, just in case people were just watching um, the show. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and there's a character named Abby. Uh, I didn't mind those things. It's it, it was what happened before that, in between one and two. That's the kind of thing that threw me off because of what they did in uh, in, in Last of Us Two, and I was like, ah, you lost me because I was I was hooked on the story. I was I didn't really care for the gameplay, but I was hooked on the story. I was hooked on. Uh, uh, Ellie and Joel and Tommy and Tess and all these other characters that they introduced, I was involved in that. So yeah, with The Last of Us, uh, whatever they do with season one, I'm in. Season two, I do think I think you're right. I do think they can split uh, the first Last of Us or The Last of Us Part One, as it's called now. I think they can split that into two seasons, especially if they are going to do an hour and a half long episode. Not only that, I think a problem I do have with The Last of Us Two is its gameplay and its story don't mesh well together and i'm not gonna get into details of it again but uh i do think that would be better for television to do into this story so i think if they just based on this first episode everything we talked about right the details and all the added context to the game that i think doesn't take away from it it just adds to it so people who are just watching the show get the full experience of the story People who played the game and are watching the show are like, okay, what kind of changes are they going to make? They did a really good job in the first episode. I kind of trust them. Kind of like you're saying, Michael. And it feels like they're adding stuff that doesn't take away from what people love about the game. So all that stuff is good. And whenever we get into stuff like the second game, which a lot of people are far more hesitant about, I'm curious to see how much goodwill the show builds up and how much they decide to change, how much they add context to, and just if they decide to even go that route or just do their own thing past the first game. Because anything's on the table. It really is. And after this first episode, I gotta admit, HBO might have another major hit on their hands. Before we move on, Taylor, uh, what about you? Are you you gonna continue with uh, The Last of Us? Oh, most definitely. This is probably, in terms of my ongoing shows, it's really up there on my favorite ongoing shows going on right now. Off of the first episode alone. That's how good I thought it was. We didn't talk about Pedro Pascal enough, by the way. Kind of makes me sad, because he did such a good job. Uh, That's the the thing, like, I I brought up earlier, and I said that he was awesome. You said he knocked it out of the park. I don't think there's really much we can say about Pedro Pascal, because, like, it's Pedro Pascal, like... I think is he always a story a win? if he no. didn't do is he always I, a win? I, I, man the, the guy's just really good i man i don't i don't know i think it'd be more interesting if he wasn't very good as joel and then we'd be like oh man pedro why and then we could talk about that but like all you gotta say is oh pedro pascal he did a great job and it's like cool <laughs> like it didn't catch up like uh the, the, oh man i forgot i forgot the actor's name you brought him up earlier uh who played tommy you like Diego how well Luma. he played tommy thank you yes the way he played Tommy, like we could talk about that because oh wow, we didn't see that coming. We kind of saw Pedro Pascal uh, doing a good job. Like that was one of the bright spots for me before the show even came out when they just announced the cast. Like whoa, Pedro Pascal, he's going to do awesome. Like that's it's like with, it's like with the uh, turn ten. We keep bringing up turn ten and uh and uh and uh playground games around here <laughs> because Forza looks so good. You're just like yeah. He's the Forza of acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a Forza of acting. You, you, you look at any other games like, that looks great. Look at those cars. Look at that detail. Forza does it. And you're like, yeah. It's the standard. Uh, Pedro Pascal is standard, the standard now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only way we're going to talk about Pedro is if he does bad. It's like, oh, man. He has a blemish. He didn't do well in this one. But it's like, yeah, it's Pedro Pascal. He's, he's, he's great. He, he did well. Uh, but I already knew Pedro Pascal was going to be a great Joel. And I was like, oh, he doesn't like him. I was like, I do not care. Pedro Pascal is going to be awesome. And you know what? He was. His opening sequence as a 30-year-old. <laughs> that, that was kind of weird. He was like 34, 36-year-old Joel. I it felt like, like oh, he was yeah. a little aged down for that. And then he was a little yeah. aged up for how he is in the present day. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. I was like, man, Pedro Pascal can't really win in this show, can he? He can't. He can't. It's like, I can't buy Pedro as a 30-something. Uh, I don't really buy him as 50 either. Like, pushing 60? Come on. I would 100% sign off on that. But another thing I would 100% sign off on is our movie slash TV podcast. Not called Power Up and Game. 
even though we've done that for the past 40 minutes or so. Uh, but Nerds Talk Movies. On that show, our team takes a closer look at various movies and TV shows via retrospectives and for newer content, spoiler talks. So if you enjoyed our conversation on The Last of Us, you might want to look at Nerds Talk Movies because that's all we do over there. We have conversations about movies and TV shows. On the latest episode of Nerds Talk Movies, Drew, Tristan, and myself kicked off our DCEU Memorial Tour by doing a retrospective on Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition. And on the next installment of Nerds Talk Movies, we'll be talking about 2016 Suicide Squad, and I am so sorry for anybody who would have to be listening to us. <laughs> um, oh, man. So... I'm not even going to lie to our audience. I'm not going to lie to you, Michael. We spent pretty much just an hour just shitting on this movie because it's not good. <laughs> it's bad. It is really, oh, man. really bad. Oh, wow. Okay, I got to check that episode out because I will. Because you're usually a lot more nicer to these kind of things than I am. It was. And when you go on rants. <laughs> oh man, when you nice go on rants, I, I I love it because it, it's usually me who goes on these kind of things. But when you when you do it, oh, it's a work of art. New episodes of Nerd Stop Movies drop every Monday night, so be sure to check out our spoiler talk on or retrospective on Suicide Squad 2016 on Monday night, and whenever The Last of Us ends, we'll do a spoiler talk on the show as well. I might talk about it in our What Are We Playing segment every now and then. Uh, but I won't bring up any spoilers for the episode moving forward. But uh, you ready to get into our other stories of the week? Yes, we're going from a high of talking about how great The Last of Us worked on to a bit of a low, and we are so sorry for this whiplash, people. Yeah, oh it's goodness. it's a really shitty story, to be quite honest with you. Microsoft is laying off 10,000 employees at the company. This comes one year after the company purchased Activision Blizzard for roughly $69 billion. Both Kotaku and Bloomberg have very detailed accounts regarding these layoffs and who is or will be affected by them. But in terms of the video game industry, employees of the Coalition, Bethesda, and 343 Industries have been laid off. Former Halo Infinite multiplayer designer Patrick Wren currently at Respawn Entertainment, had this to say about the layoffs via Twitter. Quote, The layoffs at 343 shouldn't have happened, and Halo Infinite should be in a better state. The reason for both of those things is incompetent leadership up top during Halo Infinite development, causing massive stress on those working hard to make Halo the best it can be. The people I worked every day with were passionate about Halo and wanted to make something great for the fans. They helped push for a better Halo and get laid off for it. Dev's still there working hard on that dream. Look at Forge. Be kind to them during this awful time. End quote. Obviously, Michael, first and foremost, we just want to say that we hope everyone who has lost their job will be able to bounce back as soon as humanly possible. Michael, give me your thoughts on this story. Right. So just clear one thing up, because I know that's what everybody's been talking about. It's like, oh, it happens right after Microsoft purchased uh, Activision Blizzard. That deal hasn't gone through yet. So that $69 billion hasn't really left their account, yada, yada. It's pretty yeah. much a place. It is on the anniversary, um, though. That's mainly why I included yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was like, it was like the year after they like, oh, we're going to get $70 billion. And it doesn't help that when uh, PlayStation bought Bungie, they put a billion dollars in to keep people around. Yeah. Kind of adding on to what you're saying here before you get into your thoughts, you're 100% correct in what you're saying to where the deal hunts have fully went through, all that stuff. But even so, the perception matters. Yeah. And we just wanted to make sure that, I mean, we wanted to make it clear to everybody that the, the deal is that's going through. We don't want anybody to think that the deal has happened and you didn't know about it or whatever. Uh, this is the year after Microsoft. Uh, put up the purchase for Activision Blizzard, but everybody is going around uh, noting it as after they purchased it. It hasn't happened yet. So that's why you stick here with with, uh, with these two nerds because we will tell you right. But with that happening, is unfortunately not just uh, the Xbox division. Uh, like they say, it's Microsoft, this is Microsoft, this isn't... And I know, I, I don't want to make it seem like, because 
you know, I've talked bad about Phil Spencer on this on this podcast before. Um, I, I don't want people to think like Phil Spencer has been lying again and you know doing all this stuff. And this this is going this is much higher. Okay, this is his boss. Uh, this is the suits at Microsoft. Um, the people who's working at Hololens, they've they've had layoffs. Um, the people who were doing other uh, programming at Microsoft got laid off. Uh, Coalition, Bethesda. Uh, three four three, and there was another uh subdivision of Microsoft that uh also got hit with a layoff. Uh, I don't I don't remember them, but for everybody who's working there, we really hope you guys find uh another job real soon because the tech industry for the past what three years have been imploding and people have been losing their jobs. What feels like every month. Uh, so the tech industry is really starting to flood with unemployment, unfortunately, while they're sitting here trying to pretend like it's such a big thing to be into. Uh, but with that said, on on the video game side of things, I'm not the biggest fan of 343. Okay, I've 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 talked my trash about them. I give them their props. Um, we always we always knew that it was something that happened in the leadership position because before Halo Infinite even released, you know, they were losing leaders. They were losing uh. Uh, managers, they were losing uh, artists, uh, uh, designers, all kinds of people. So we already knew it was a mess. But to hear it happen like this is a shame because you can tell that the people at 343, they do enjoy Halo because I've always given props for the gameplay. The gunplay in Halo is magnificent. It is pitch perfect. That's one thing that you cannot touch. It has been amazing. And I even talked about how fun the multiplayer uh, was. Like they they've done a good job, uh, but Halo as a series, you know, I haven't been the biggest fan of the new trilogy or the new saga that they're doing, the Reclaimer saga. Uh, I keep giving it a chance because I do love Halo, and unfortunately, it is a shame to hear that three four three is suffering because of bad leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always thought it was incompetent design and whatnot, but no, it's just flat out bad leadership. Even you're looking with the outside looking in, I mean, you look at the problems that Halo Infinite has, right? The multiplayer itself, it's great. The campaign, people, to my knowledge, generally really like the campaign. Forge mode eventually released, pretty good. Yeah, the open world sort of works. Uh, it was it was a shame that we had to sacrifice co-op for it. Uh, but all in all, I kind of like the high value targets. The campaign itself, the story, I didn't really care for. But uh, generally, though, you know, taking overall, over bases, it yeah, seems generally, to be pretty well generally, no, the gameplay works. Yeah, yeah, it works. So all that, like the game itself, I don't think is what everybody's, including ourselves, have been really complaining about with Halo Infinite. It's always been stuff like the battle pass and stuff like the free yeah. play mechanics that are in here, and people like you and me going, "I would rather it just been a full price game," and you called it a day. <laughs> But those decisions aren't made by the people making the game, like the developers themselves that are getting yep. laid off here. That's made by suits up there at Microsoft, up there at Xbox, yeah, and up there at the top of 343 who are making those calls. And yeah, it's not the developers who are working their asses off making this game actually is, in terms of the gameplay, as good as it probably has ever been. It's exactly what Patrick Wren said. It's incompetent leadership. It's just... Yeah. We talked about it last week, too, with Ubisoft. It's something similar there. And granted, two completely different situations, and with two completely different companies, but incompetent leadership... But it's all... all Yeah, it's all the same. Bad leadership Mm -hmm. can sink a ship, no matter how great the ship is. No matter what uh, industry you're in. Yeah, and it's because gamers, they only know the developer. They only know the company. They don't know the people. So they say 343 this, 343 that. And, you know, you know, you and I brought it up before in the podcast, like, you know, leadership, they keep leaving. Like, that's that's, that's going to be a problem. Uh, but I do hold 343 as a company involved because, you know, you, you, you're still working on it. I get that. You, you, you made it a uh, free-to-play li- uh, game as a service, life service kind of game, which I don't agree with. And that's one thing that I do put on the devs is the decision-making is like, okay, we have all, we have all this stuff together. Uh, what are we going to do for the battle pass and yada, yada? My problem with the battle pass, they all suck. Um, I don't want to do challenges just to get a Pfizer that I'm not even gonna look at. So like this, like, yeah, why well, they do get a bit of the blame. Like you said, it comes from the top. And uh, you know what they say, shit rolls downhill. And by the time you reach the bottom, it's just a keeping pile of it. 
So I do feel bad for the devs. I I never wish for them to lose their jobs. I never got to the point where I was like, I wish three four three was shut down. These people that that that's it's just a video game. It's not that big of a deal. These are people's livelihoods. I can take a bad game. What I don't like is when people do lose their jobs because of bad leadership. And that's that's the kind of thing that that throws me that throws me off. I don't like that because the the suits they keep their jobs. They make the bad decisions, but they keep their jobs. And the hardworking ants, unfortunately, are the ones who lose their jobs. There's a lot of talented people, I believe, who got let go today and yesterday. Um, in terms of again, just going to the video game side of it, you gotta wonder what happens to three four three at this point. I. They they keep trucking. Uh, I think they keep going because Microsoft relies on Halo too much. But see, uh, what I was going to mention wanted... here, and this isn't to get into a major conversation about 343 and them holding on to the Halo franchise, but I gotta imagine it's probably more towards 343 becoming more of a support studio. Joseph Staten, who I believe is the... Uh, was the lead designer for Halo Infinite. He went to get moved from 343 to the Xbox publishing studio. So a lot of people are leaving, a lot of people are being moved. Yeah, it's just, who knows what's going on at 343. Maybe you're right, maybe 343 just keeps on trucking and they can turn it around somehow. But it's just a really, really terrible situation all around. And again, hopefully things get better for the people who get laid off this week. Leaked images shows game as a service mechanics within Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. As verified by VGC, an apparent leaked image from a highly anticipated Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League shows multiple currencies and a battle pass menu, leading people to believe that the game will have games as a service mechanics. According to VGC, this image is apparently from the recent test build from the game, and it will include skill trees for each playable character. Here's what VGC was told about this. Quote, You don't start off debuffed and weak. You just start off great and can get ridiculous like Arkham Knight's Batman. End quote. Oh my goodness. So Taylor, does the inclusion of games as a service mechanics concern you about Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League? Or are you still confident in Rocksteady? I wasn't confident in this game to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah, we hater. talked about this game before. I've been the hater of this game yeah. on the panel, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious. I'm not that concerned about... See, I'm one of those weird people. I love the Destiny, the Division, all those kind of games. It's probably one of Gross. my favorite genres. I I know, I'm weird. I don't... You know, spend two thousand dollars every month on it, or anything. <laughs> right, right. But I do really enjoy those games. I didn't see. I don't think it fits with everything. I know Gotham Knights doesn't have that fully. It does have gear, but I don't think it works for Gotham Knights. I don't think it worked for the Avengers for various reasons. Uh, it doesn't work for every single game. I don't think it would work for Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. So that's a potential concern, but I don't think it's a deal-breaker for me. However, I do think it is a sign of (laughs) this is going into leadership and suits and everything. But, hey, we gotta follow the trend of everything's gotta be a looter shooter, everything's gotta have this gear, and again, it doesn't work for everything. You gotta build your game around it, and it doesn't really work with something like a superhero game especially when you have things like skins that i have to imagine the skins are going to be cosmetic and you pay for them and what about the armor that you're putting on your characters oh they're not going to change cosmetically all right then what's the fucking point and stuff like that man so i don't know this is a leak apparent leak there's only one image to go off of yeah it shows a it shows a a debug uh info panel and whatnot yeah unlike you i was actually looking forward to this game like uh because it's 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 a continuation of the arkham series or something like that it was a reboot i don't i don't know anymore Uh, i do know one of the leaks said that they kind of did a flashpoint to where the arkham series 
doesn't exist anymore. I read that, which, but I haven't been able to find it again from a publication. So, right, yeah. Um, but mind you, mind you. Okay, we need to make this very clear. This came from a leak on 4chan, so that 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 alone. The thing that was verified by BGC was the image, and then they were told something that we already mentioned in the blurb. According to everything yeah. else, I'm not totally sure what else is verified. We only read stuff off of the VGC article. Again, that you can find the link to that in the description of this episode. So everything Michael's right. talking about, uh, the plot details of it being like this Flashpoint story or something yeah. like that, don't know. It's not in the VGC article. Very important to say. The only thing VGC yeah, yeah. states is they verified the image and the they image, spoke yeah. with people who gave them the information that we then reiterated to you. Yes, and we want to make that very clear that we don't want to spread misinformation. You know, we let you know where all our sources came from, and the source for the image came from 4chan, so gave it a huge grain of salt, but like we said, uh, it's from VGC, which we use often on our podcast, uh, so we do trust them. Uh, they, they made it clear that, you know, to just as a rumor, it's just a huge grain of salt. Um, but one of the former developers, someone who, do, who isn't working at Rocksteady anymore, uh, they're a former developer. They said that the screenshot isn't true, that when they were working there, uh, there was no battle pass. There was none of that game as a service kind of deal. But the way things change up so fast, because the game was supposed to come out last year. So don't forget, it, the game did get delayed. So it could be added, it could have been added in after this employee uh, left the company. So, but again, the employee said when they were working there, when they were developing the game, there was no battle pass. There was no game as a service. Uh, so they so they say that the leak is fake. So we do have all kinds of things bumping heads. Uh, but for that, if this is true, and this is a big if, if this is true, that's going to kill my excitement for this game because I was on this podcast. I was the biggest hype for this game. I really want this to be good. I'm super excited for uh, Kill the Justice League. I was looking forward to it. The gameplay that they showed a couple years ago looked so fun and amazing i was like yes let's go i can't wait for this the people who made the arkham series i'm down it's gonna be great it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a cool open world beat em up and if this is true if this is the thing that's going to happen i'm going to join you taylor in not being excited for this and dropping this game in general because it's, it's, it's a current gen only game it's ps5 pc and xbox uh series x and s so it's going to it's going to carry that 70 dollar tag i still refuse to get a game at $70, especially if you're going to put free-to-play mechanics in there. So I hope this isn't true. Yeah. So I guess my big takeaway after I went on what I believe is just a roller coaster of, yeah, I do typically like games as a service, but it doesn't work for everything. I didn't really like this game coming out so far, and so this doesn't really impact my decision. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't really have a change in my perception of this game so far. It's It right. hasn't wowed me in any sense. The only thing that has wowed me is the 10 seconds of dialogue we got from Kevin Conroy in his last performance as Batman, R.I.P. Oh, man. Oh, don't do this to me, WB, please. Because I'm not putting this on Rocksteady. I'm putting this on WB. Please, WB, please, 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 please. Don't do this. Let this be fake. I'm really looking forward to this game. I was hyped for it. I was disappointed when it got delayed, but was okay with it because they were doing uh, an open world, uh, four or five, more, uh, four or five players on a screen, multiplayer kind of deal. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then um, Gotham Knights came out. I was like, ew, gross. And if this game turns out to be an open world, a, a, a better open world version of Gotham Knights, I'm going to scream, Taylor. Because the mechanics in that game, I haven't played the game because uh, I, I wasn't interested in the game of service, live service nonsense that was Gotham Knights. Uh, and I was like, I'm just going to wait for the good version to come out. I'm going to wait for Suicide Squad. If this falls the same trend, I think I fear it might be Marvel Adventures all over again. Oh, man. But since we are on the topics of pouring money into things that probably doesn't need to be poured into, Michael B. Jordan is set to star in a Rainbow Six movie. Taylor, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure thing. As reported by THR, Michael B. Jordan is set to star in a Rainbow Six movie with John Wick director Chad Stilinski set to helm the project. The movie will also act as a follow-up to 2021's Without Remorse, which Michael B. Jordan starred. He played the main character, John Clark, 
There aren't any known plot details at this time. Now, Michael, I already know what your thoughts on this are, so I'm going to get mine out of the way. I am interested <laughs> in this. I have not seen Without Remorse. I've been told it is decent. So uh, I have been told that there was a Rainbow Six tease or something in the movie. I've been told that by a friend who keeps mentioning it. Like, oh, man, I, they could do a Rainbow Six movie. <laughs> and I was the first one to text him, like, hey, you know what? They're doing it. All right. Be happy. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of excited by this, especially I think coming off the heels of The Last of Us is the perfect time for yeah. anything video game related to get announced as a movie or series because you're feeling happy about this adaptation doing well so far. You're like, all right, you know what? Let's see what let's see what Chad Stilinski has, which I think this is what I'm more excited about. Michael B. Jordan is one of the most talented people in Hollywood. Creed 3, I cannot wait to see it. He is going to crush it, along with Jonathan Majors. However, I am far more excited about Chad Stilinski, the director of John Wick, being a part of this project than I am Michael B. Jordan. That tells you how much faith I have in this guy. Because I'm really excited for any action scenes that are going to be in it now. I'm automatically interested in the story i guess not story but more world building of what this is going to be because they can do a lot here with rainbow six i'm curious what they're going to actually do um and they're going to go off of the two novels i assume that the character michael b jordan plays uh is featured in but i'm excited to see what's going to happen here all right uh yeah i don't think we're going to take much time for this one because I'm not really excited for this. Um, it's just going to be another bogged down standard. Uh, hey, to movie. be fair, to be fair, you said the same thing about The Last of Us. Not the action movie part, but you're like, I'm not that excited about this. I don't <laughs> think it's going to be going to be a standard. You kind of went that route too. Yeah, yeah, I kind of thought because obviously I thought they were going to do more like a try to be uh, the Walking Dead kind of thing. So with that said, Taylor, what are you playing? Not playing all too much. I actually did play a little bit of For Honor the past week. and Oh, that still exists? It still exists. And I kind of been playing very well. Been 1v3ing people, man. Oh, you're a real warrior. Yeah, people don't show honor in that game is what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Was that like one of the biggest problems with the game when it first launched? Well, I kind of get it, but like it's part of the... To me, I see it as part of the fun. Like, who's going to play honorably? Who's going to sit there and let people 1v1? Who's going to be the asshole and try to jump in and let me get revenge so I can kill you both? Because that's what usually ends up happening. Like, uh, there was one game I played yesterday to where uh, it was a 1v3. And I killed one of the people, got my revenge. I knocked the other one into a off the map pretty much. And I killed a third one, executed him, and I just sat there. I had a little emote, like, afterwards, like, if you're just standing still, you'll have this silhouette, like, appear over you. My character looked like a badass, and I was just like, that might have been the coolest thing I've ever done in a video game. (laughs) I just 1v3'd and killed everybody, and then just stared off at where the enemy was spawning, by the way. And I was just like, alright, who's next? It was awesome. So that's why I've been playing a little bit. Uh, other than that, I'm kind of just excited <laughs> to watch The Last of Us on Sunday <laughs> to bring it back to our first topic. Oh, man. All right, you're doing more than me because uh, as for me, I'm still playing Overwatch 2, still trying to have some fun with it. Uh, but I've also uh, been playing Potionomics. So that's been, uh, that's been pretty fun. Oh, man. So, Taylor, what are you working on? Where can we find you? Not working on too much. You can find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this episode. Let us know what your thoughts are on The Last of Us. Let us know what you think of anything we talked about here today. Alrighty. As for me, I am working on my Twitch. As always, you can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash, oh, sorry, no, twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F0XDADDY. You can also find me on Twitter at M underscore M-O-S underscore. Oh, I cannot talk right now. You can find me on Twitter at 
M underscore M O S L E Y underscore J R. And you find a widow on a fox lady. Congratulations, you are in the right place. I've forgotten how to spell my own name, Taylor. That's just oh my goodness. Oh, and as Taylor mentioned before, you can find us in the Discord. And you can also leave us a rating. Five stars, please. It'll make us happy. And don't you want Taylor to be happy? Taylor, show me your happy voice. I'm happy. <laughs> Look at that. Don't you want more of that? <laughs> don't you want more of that, folks? <laughs> oh, man. So thanks, Taylor, for joining me, uh, as always. And thank all of you for listening in. Whether this is your first time or your 600th. we will probably be the last time. time to listen to us. <laughs> we are a mess here and that's why you keep coming back at least we hope so and we will be back next week to talk more about gaming news